Welcome back to another episode of Sky Pilot Sundays, the podcast. If you are listening via one of our major distributors today, whether it be through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Stitcher, Radio Public, or TuneIn, we greatly appreciate you for being here. Make sure to subscribe. I continue to sing the praises of our sponsors, Broding Creative Media and Robert Carlton Design Group, both for powering this very podcast. Today on the show, we definitely have a treat in store for you. Hailing all the way from Zimbabwe and now based in Eugene, Oregon, singer Rati D. Rati is an amazing soul. She radiates just as much love through her presence as she does through her music. And I'm so very grateful that we got her on the show today. Rati possesses a almost unfair amount of talent as an individual, both a singer and a dancer. She has performed at Northwest Reggae Fest, Oregon County Fair, and Portland Pan-African Festival, just to name a few. We get to talk in depth about her experience growing up in Zimbabwe and transitioning full-time into her love uh, of music and dance. So today's episode theme is balancing mental wellness in a physically and emotionally demanding artistic ballet environment. Snag yourself a cup of coffee and please enjoy my conversation with Rati D. Rati, thank you so much for being part of the show. Uh, I'm glad to have you on. Finally, I've been looking forward to having you. So Rati, let's let's launch right into this show. Um, I'm curious, growing up, what were some of your what were some of your earliest memories of music? Oh, that's a really nice question. Well, I I hang, I hung out with my dad a lot, and oh, obviously we lived in the same house. Right, right. <laughs> but he played a lot of uh, music, different kinds of music. You know, as I was growing up, and I remember my mom saying that I would just you know move my body uh, to the music before I could even walk. I don't remember that as, as such, but then I just remember the times when my dad would play lots of music in the house and he, you know, um, I always like to tell people how he used to give me like a box of matches, you know, to just shake as a shaker. You know, and that's probably, I think I was about six or seven at that time. Would, would you say that was probably the first time you can recall uh, a sense of rhythm, like developing your own sense of rhythm? Yes. Wow. Oh yes, I remember that. Wow, sure. that's amazing. I, I this was your dad that had kind of broken you into this. Yes, I, I can relate to that. My my dad, the first album that I can recall listening to, front to back, was the Legend album by Bob Marley, and <laughs> yeah. I that's maybe my favorite album. It's one of my favorite albums, top ten for sure to this day. Oh. <laughs> right and uh i remember him bouncing me just dancing with me to the rhythm i was probably about three years old um oh, and i remember nice. developing I, I trace back my sense of rhythm to those instances of just feeling safe and and the bounce uh, uh you know to is this love and and so many more i love right. that i love that tell us about how you began to discover your singing voice then for the people listening what were some of the first few years like okay well i also grew up in the church atmosphere so i was always in the sunday school you know when i was little like every sunday we'd go to church um it so it, i think at that time about i was about seven or eight and you know they would have the sunday school walk into the church and as we walked in we would have to find a song to sing mm. and i always found, found myself trying to sing the loudest <laughs> <laughs> you found yourself trying to sing the loudest 
Yes, I was always trying to sing the loudest, you know, <laughs> compared to all the kids. I also have another memory when I was uh, about nine or ten years old. I was in the school choir and our music teacher was teaching us percussion and I was supposed to be shaking a shaker in a certain rhythm. Right. But then I was doing it off tempo, but it was still on time. And he was like, okay, I, I hear what you're trying to do, but <laughs> this is the way to do it. You know, you're not wrong, but this is the way to do it. So to me, that was like, okay, wait, I have something right here. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little homework, but you got something. Yeah. <laughs> I love I, that. I need to just stick to the rules. Right. <laughs> In that in that first uh, in that first memory when you when you mentioned wanting to sing louder, you remember wanting to sing yeah. louder than the other kids. Do you feel, from your recollection, were most of the other kids in the room also competing to sing the loudest, or were there mainly a lot of shy kids and introverted kids that you know were afraid to sing? There was this one girl, and thank you so much for bringing this up because I think I'm, I need to reach out to her and let her know. Okay, uh, and she she was so good too. So. <laughs> she made me want to sing, you know, like, just like her, but even louder, you know, so, yeah, there was, there, there were definitely some other, you know, young kids who were into it as well, there were also some shy ones. Yeah, of course, you get your mix, yeah. You're still yeah. connected, you're still connected to her to this day? No, and well, on Facebook, you know how it is, you're yeah. just friends with somebody on Facebook and, you know, like each other's pictures, but not so much communicating. Sure. Who would have known that she'd uh, go on to influence your journey? Right? Yeah. I, thank you so much for bringing that up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank her. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. That's amazing. So I actually had a music class in elementary school, and I recall definitely needing some homework myself and uh, <laughs> singing. Are you familiar with the song John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith? I'm pr- I'm those are the only lyrics I think to the song just about if you're not familiar with it um, and it's sort of a call and response and I was under the impression that the collective class was to sing as loud as possible that that name those words right in the call and response form and the teacher is leading us into this with the lead up lyrics whenever we go out the people always shout and I realize halfway through it that i'm the only child screaming these lyrics <laughs> john jacob jacob Heimert. and just I, excitement. S- complete <laughs> silence around but uh yeah oh, like. but i eventually refound my voice you know we got this podcast yeah. going so things worked out <laughs> that's good outside of music um you know even in some other areas that uh, have been influential to your life, I'm curious, how did Nobuntu influence your life? Nobuntu... Um, Nobuntu, I, want, I knew I was going to get that wrong. <laughs> how did Nobuntu influence your life? Oh, they influenced me in a very positive way because they were... That was the first group that I was part of, you know, and uh, we traveled to Europe, so I got a, a chance to be away from home because I was, I grew up very sheltered, you know, so, you know, getting to go out to Germany and Austria, you know, just with a group of girls, you know, it 
definitely helped me to gain some independence and learn, you know, that I can actually get paid for what I what I do, you know. So it kind of gave me the confidence to keep pushing musically. And it was also just a positive vibe, you know, positive energy to collaborate with um, female singers, you know, especially for in their case, they, they had been doing it for, for years. So it was very inspirational to be in a group where people have the same interest as I in terms of vocalizing and harmonizing voices. That's beautiful. And that was probably your first collaborative effort, would you say? Yes, it was. That was my first one. Wow. That was in 2003. We met in 2012, and then we toured in 2013. Seeing, you know, growing up sheltered, as you put it, and then going on to see places in the world like Germany, you know, must have been like going to the moon or Mars or something. <laughs> yes, it was, in, it was amazing. That's when I had my first experience of snow. So, yeah, you can imagine, I was super excited i wasn't really thinking much about the cold (laughs) (laughs) this was your first time this was your first time seeing snow yes wow i mean we we all have at one moment we all have that first moment in our life where we see snow falling but yeah to to go all the way to germany to see snow for the first time that must have been mind-blowing it was awesome (laughs) well you were born in zimbabwe and you've toured through europe and the u.s so what led you to decide to make Oregon home? I have an auntie and an uncle here in Eugene, Oregon. So I had family to come to when, you know, during my tour break. So I would come here to Eugene and spend time with the family. And I really liked it. We were based in Las Vegas, you know, with the band that I was working with. So it was hot and dry out there. So coming here during my breaks was so refreshing. You know, it felt really good, and the people were also very welcoming, and I did a couple of shows, too, here in Eugene before I I moved, and the people, the audience just always seemed to be vibing with the music, so (laughs) I decided to come here because, first of all, I had family, and I thought it would be a good place to, you know, kick off my music career as a solo artist. Mm Mm-hmm. And obviously that has uh, transpired. You've, you've garnered quite a fan base for yourself in, in this town. Yes. And uh, yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. There's, uh, there are several records on your website that I got a chance to listen to and, and Really Real stands out to me for sure as, um, like I listened to that this morning while I had oatmeal and coffee. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably the fifth time I've listened to it this week. So, yeah. Oh, oh wow. It's, Thank you so of, much. Of well, course. I'm excited to, to you know, be part of that project because Michael K, Sage Crow, they're really amazing musicians, you know, and for them to open the door for me as an upcoming artist, you know, it's it's really, as a new artist, especially, you know, it's, it's really awesome and... I'm thankful for that. And I, I look forward to the time when people can hear it. Absolutely. <laughs> on, on like record, yeah. Yeah, I've, I'll definitely be one of the first, uh, first streams on that one, I can tell you that. Because it is really, really good. That's a terrible, ah, ter- terrible joke. Moving on. <laughs> I got it, though. Okay, at least I you get I was like, man, is it just me? <laughs> I knew you. Well, thanks for humoring me. Uh, in June of this year, 
you performed at the Black Freedom concert, and that was a three-hour live stream event. Yes. And it was intent. The, the purpose for it was to raise funds for clean, easily accessible water back home in Zimbabwe. Can you talk a bit about why this issue is so important, especially in times like these? It's so important because, you know, I when I was in Zimbabwe, before I moved uh, to the U.S., this is like 2013, there were already some water shortages where, you know, people can go for three, four days without running water on the tap. You know, I've only experienced this in the U.S. when maybe the, maybe the apartment people are trying to fix you know, the pipes, but otherwise there's always running water right. in, you know, in my, in our taps. Uh, and the, the same is, is, is true for electricity. You know, we, there's no like consistent access to electricity in Zimbabwe, but then we just figured that, you know, the water is kind of, is the life, you know, for especially at a time like now with coronavirus, People need to wash their hands, people need to wash their food, they need to clean their environment, their bodies, everything, you know, so that they they are safe. Right. And it is a basic need as well. So, you know, for for us to create this well uh, in the Mzilika's community, it's going to help a lot of people, you know, to take away that stress, you know, in terms of, like, just having access, you know, they'll have access to water, and that's us bridging, you know, the the gap that's there between mm-hmm. the first and the second and the third world countries. So if people are able to understand that, you know, so much was taken away from Africa and it's time to rebuild it, mm-hmm. you know, then it will... It, I mean, I feel like it's going to sit well in our hearts that we actually were part of that 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 revisioning and rebuilding of Africa, and in this case, I'm just talking about my community because we have to start somewhere, right? Yeah, that's you know, I feel completely privileged to even have something like running water or consistent access to electricity, which is something that everyone should have, and yeah. um, and you don't really spend a lot of time, or at least you know, a lot of us may not spend a lot of time just even thinking about how much of a blessing it is to just flip a light switch on in your house and expect it to come on, know that it's going to come on. So that's so profound to me that, that you were able to uh, be at the forefront of such a, I would say historical event, um, you know, 40 years into Zimbabwe's independence to be able to provide these resources, you know, even if they are just trickling in as the water does, you know, right, right. That's beautiful. So when it comes down to the the season that we're in, I would say, you know, what has it been like to be a performing artist during quarantine and social distancing requirements of COVID-19? It hasn't been easy, but like, honestly, for me, I, I was starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed because in February, it was the busiest month that I ever you know, worked, you know, I, I was performing to Seattle and Portland and Corvallis to do shows and mm. it was awesome and I was really thankful for those opportunities but then I'm also a mom and a wife, you know, and right. I felt like I, was, I wasn't really getting enough time to spend with my family and I was also ready to get into the studio to work on my album so 
I, w- I was ready <laughs> to take a break from the performing scene. Sure. But then I didn't expect it to be this intense, you know, where oh. people are now <laughs> getting sick and all that. So Right. This, this is not necessarily the break that you intended, but, yes, it, but I, the break I, that you received. I needed it. Mm-hmm. I needed the break. You know, so um, I did manage to get in the studio, but then I couldn't finish the product because I, you know, the producer was not able to meet with me because of the virus, you know, so it's just been a risk really finishing the project, you know, and I'm thankful that people have found ways, you know, to involve us artists, you know, in Zoom shows and, you know, online live streaming shows. You know that that's what I've been doing as well. So, you know, it's it's hard to say things happen right. for a reason because people are dying from the virus. But then, you know, on my part, it it all kind of happened in a way that I needed it to, so that I can just regain some sanity and ground myself. Absolutely, recalibrate. Yes. Yeah, it's, I, I can definitely relate to that. You know, we, we started this podcast, this very podcast earlier this year um, and started out in a studio space. And I had no expectation that we would actually be um, relocating. You know, uh, I don't think anybody had any sort of expectation of that. But to yeah. relocate the podcast to, you know, a, a, a closet space, you know, as I speak, I'm recording this within a closet. And it was such a such a such a um, I'll say a hit to the ego. So, you know what I mean? To go from yeah, having yeah. this glamorous sort of studio space to yeah. what well, the at the end of the day, the show was founded upon vulnerability and connection. So how much more vulnerable can you get than just, you know, <laughs> you know turn it on the mic, turn on the microphone and the laptop and just making it happen right next to your Levi's. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, the intent, my manifestation was always to, to create a show that, uh, that builds connection. And even the ability to work from home was something that, uh, uh, I daydreamed about for a long time. So yeah. here we are. Right. So mm, it's humbling in some way, you know, mm-hmm. because, when you do have those possessions, those material things, you know, sometimes you can also get a little over your head and not really be thankful for what you have. Oh, 100%. You know, so, like, I'm, I'm really thankful for all the people who did come to the shows, you know. I felt tired in those moments, but then, you know, now it's making me think, like, wow, that was awesome. You know, those were really special moments, so it's, yeah. Definitely, I, I, I bet you when you get that back into that studio, you're gonna you're gonna have a just different way of looking at it, you know. So, it yeah, it's happening for a reason. <laughs> Absolutely, perspective. I believe yeah. the same thing. Well, can you can you tell us a bit maybe about the Afro Quarantine Fest? Speaking of quarantine, oh, the festival. Oh, uh, I did an Afro Quarantine Festival um, that. A friend of mine invited me to, mm. and it was really awesome because I felt like I gained um, a different audience, mostly people who are on the California side. Okay. Um, so it was it was really awesome. It's just not very easy, you know, doing a show online where you're not really getting any feedback from the crowd, where you can't really tell if people are enjoying unless they comment, and huh. you don't. You don't want right. to get distracted by reading the comments right. either. So it's 
you know, I'm thankful for the opportunities, but it's also, it's a different time. Definitely unusual. I would agree with that. When I, when it comes to these live events, you know, because, you know, I'll go live occasionally on social media and, uh, you know, the fact that you can't see or hear the audience, um, I'm reminded in moments like that, that there was once a time where you, maybe even yourself, or I can say that I was a child in my room singing to myself in my room, yeah. right? Or, and there was no audience, you know? I, yeah. was, I was rapping to myself in my room for a solid year before I ever went outward and told anybody, hey, you know, I got bars, you know what I mean? Because I, I had to know that I could back it up, you know? So, um, yeah, there's, there's, the audience comes, you know, but you can't always see them, you know? So... Whether it's on the other side of your bedroom wall or a computer screen, I like to think. Right. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it, you know. And I, I feel like it's also just the time to sharpen, you know, yourself as an artist. Absolutely. You know, before that time comes, if it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's a sort of, you know, what I, I, I would say is sort of like a cocoon stage before the butterfly yeah. emerges, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful analogy. I am not necessarily a poet, but this is off the top. I'm sort of impressing myself right now. But, you know, back to yeah. you, Rati. It's not about me. Back to you. You know, <laughs> no one successful ever truly does, you know, how should I put this? No one successful ever truly does it on their own. Um, who has been, maybe who, if there's multiple people, who have been some of your strongest mentors artistic or otherwise uh people that have met or or people that i just generally look up to yeah it could be both just in in life prominent figures that stand out to you wow that's a good one there's a lady by the name shiwoni somaraire from zimbabwe okay who played uh the zimbabwean traditional instrument called mbira and She's one of the reasons why I decided to do music. You know, she sounds amazing. And people like Erica Badu and Jill Scott from out here in the U.S. Oh, you come know, on. They, they definitely have influenced my sound. Mm. Uh, Brenda Fassi from South Africa. Yuma Segela, he's also from South Africa. And my uncle, Thomas Mapfumo. Uh, Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, I also have an awesome band. Within that band is uh, Gilbert Jamaida. He plays amazing lead guitar. And he's just overall an awesome musician and vocalist, as well as saxophone player Edith Schnur from here in Eugene. Uh, She's a professor at the UFO. And she, yeah, the way she just is so confident in, in her music and in what she does definitely has inspired me to, you know, to try to do better with myself. Mm, mm-hmm. Steel always sharp and steel. Yeah. That does not surprise me in the slightest that you are a fan of Erica Badu or Jill Scott. I love yes. both of those women. Um, yes. They are superhumans in my book, in my sort of regard. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that does not surprise me in the slightest. What was the name of the instrument that... Um, the of the first woman that you mentioned that uh, had an instrument that you learned how to play. Uh, it's called mbira, M-B-I-R-A, mbira. Yeah, wow. 
Is that anything like a salt shaker? Or, excuse me, is that anything like a matchbox or some sort of shaker like you described from your childhood? No, no, it's like a thumb piano. Some people call it a kalimba and other people call it a thumb piano. A thumb piano. Yes. Okay, that definitely gives me a visual description. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even the thumbs get uh, pianos. That's amazing. <laughs> Traditional sacred instrument from Zimbabwe. All right, you, you're giving me all the keys. Another terrible joke. I'm moving on. Uh, everyone deals with some level of adversity, right? You know, while developing their career. Um, what are some moments that stand out to you as far as adversity goes? And how did you address those moments in order to keep moving forward? Well, you know, the... the the one challenge about being in an all-female a cappella group, I would say, would be that you don't really get to to express yourself, you know, the way that you are because it's in a group setup, so it's kind of like a group mentality. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit difficult for me sometimes to you know, be able to speak up my mind without feeling like I I was not letting the group down. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> you know, like, you know, um, it, it, with the opportunity that I got to come to the U.S. whilst I was with the band, with the acapella group, I, I had to make a choice in that moment to stay or to leave. And that was not very easy because I was one of the first founding members. Oh. And then I also worked in a circus and you worked in a circus yes i worked as a musician you know singing background singing music for acrobats to do their thing and (laughs) yes that's amazing yes it was an african circus wow yes but we traveled a lot here in the u.s so you know the manager wasn't exactly the best you know when it comes to taking care of his artists you know and paying us on time and all of that mm-hmm. there was a lot of issues with paperwork and it made me just to really wake up and not just believe anything that somebody tells me without any contracts or any written down agreements you know so mm-hmm. you know just going through that really made me just to learn you know that I need to be a little bit more aware and out of the clouds, you know, sometimes you get so excited to perform, but you don't really think about what's happening behind the scenes in, in terms of payment and all of that, because you're just too excited, you know, about uh-huh. the opportunity to perform. About the so, opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I left, I left the circus because I was, you know, it was my only source of income, but then, you know, I just, my heart was not happy I was not into it anymore I was not happy to perform there anymore so I didn't like the way that I felt and I I had to walk away so walking away wasn't easy too so right because it's comfortable it's comfortable to just stay Mm -hmm. stay in the zone sure yeah so yeah I left and it was the best decision I ever made you know it in as much as it was tough, but then it was definitely necessary for my growth as an artist and just my mental health. Oh, hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Did you see yourself, when you were working in this, I, I, I just 
picturing that is just so far fetched to me. Having seen you, you know, on stage at Wildcraft, you know, amongst some of Eugene's finest, you know, and uh, you know, the New Year's Eve of just this year, twenty twenty. Some of this footage is outstanding. Yeah. So, picturing that um, back then, when you're working there, moments like that. Could you, in your own head, could you see yourself already touring overseas in Europe and beyond? Well, this opportunity came about when I was already here in the U.S. Okay. So, okay. but then, I what I would say is, I, I, oh, I saw myself being in the circus for a long time because, you know, like I said, it was financially, when I did get paid, it was great, you know? But it wasn't consistent work, mm -hmm. so I couldn't I couldn't depend on it. Mm -hmm. So during the last days, yes, I did start dreaming about just doing my own thing, my own band. You know, creating, you know, trying to create my own sound. Wow, you know, we I think all of us as artists have experienced, uh, no doubt, all of us as artists and musicians have experienced. Um, these moments throughout time where maybe we're working on less than favorable job, but it's a necessary means, but we in our own heads can already see, you know, on stage what that's going to look like, or, um, you know, it's just a matter of time before reality catches up to your vision, you know? Right. Yeah. Along those lines of adversity, can you think of, can you think of a time where something you were working on just didn't work out? And what did you learn from, quote-unquote, failing forward? Whew. I remember, to, this is last year in June, I started working on my album. My Well, it was a single at the time. And, you know, I was really excited, and I went to the studio, and I, you know, worked very hard, you know, with the musicians that I had, and... But unfortunately, the files were got lost the first oh. time and the second time they got lost. <laughs> oh. you know, so, Your mind melts. I, uh, I had this big plan that I would take my music back with me to Zimbabwe when I went to visit. But, you know, things did not happen that way. And it just made me feel like, you know, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right space. Sure. Um, it, you know, and... I'm glad that I got an opportunity to do it again and it felt even better. In, you know, from, for me, it felt, it felt like the right time. You know, so, yeah, that's, that's really what I can say. You know, that I'm glad I didn't just try to push it with the same producer, you know, who lost the same two files. I'm glad I moved on and just found somebody else because, you know, I probably would be still crying. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm most definitely. Yeah. I can relate. I definitely had. Uh, I've definitely had similar situations happen with you know, failed hard drives or uh, you know, things like those moments. Uh, that uh, yeah. It's it's. If you've ever seen the board game cover to Pictionary, it's very much feels like the 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 um, the icon on the front with the head popping open with all the different shapes and colors flying out not 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 the best moment uh to be experiencing as an artist but but there not, not, not at all mm -hmm. but those moments where you you sort of um you you go okay well i can rebuild from here this is a clean slate potentially you know yeah yeah 
Tell us about the importance of music and the performing arts, both globally and at the community level. Hmm. Well, I would say just representing, you know, like especially for me, I I represent Zimbabwe, which is, I mean, I still consider them my community, you know, where I grew up. Of course, I, I live in Eugene now, but then the neighborhood that I grew up is, for me, I just want to represent them and show them that, I'm still that little girl who grew, you know, not not the little girl as such, but then, you know, I'm still a part of that community. Mm-hmm. And globally, I mean, like, I'm, it, I think it's just a bigger picture of representation, you know, like representing the country and Africa as a whole. Um, I think, it's, yeah, that's, that's really how I'm understanding this question. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it said, you know, it's not about where you're from, it's where you're at. But truly, I believe it's a, a bit of both, right? You know, because one informs the other. And um, yeah, that's beautiful. So, Ratsi, we have what I would say is a bit of a speed round at this point. And uh, so in rapid succession, see if you're able to answer these questions in five words or less. Okay. You ready? Yes. Let's go. What does it feel like when you're performing on stage? Feels like a connection with my ancestors. That's probably more than five words. That's more than five words. It is still acceptable. Connection with ancestors. Okay, okay. Acceptable, acceptable. Love it. Uh, What does music mean to you? Freedom of expression. Mm, Nice. What does dance mean to you? Freedom. Hmm. Just gonna use the same answer like that from the prior. You know, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> no, it's, hey, freedom. I mean, it can't get better than freedom. Yeah. Okay. What motivates? <laughs> moving on. What motivates you in times of struggle? My daughter. Mm, greatest joy in life. It's okay to use that same answer. <laughs> Music and my family. Mm, biggest and life. Go ahead. Go ahead. Was and food. It? And food? Yes. Oh, come on. Of course. <laughs> Biggest life goal achieved? Performing with Thomas Mapumo. Okay. Mic drop. Biggest, so far, yes. <laughs> biggest life goal yet to come? Featuring on Common's track. Oh. <laughs> we got to make that happen. We got to make, we gotta make that happen. Common is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Yes, mine too. Really? Yes. I mean, that makes sense with the Erica Badu connection, but wow, 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 wow. <laughs> the, the B album was so transformative in my that, life. Yes, you like, that, that, that's the one. <laughs> like Water for Chocolate, The Resurrection. Okay, we gotta get back to this beat around here. I'm gonna just keep, yeah. Uh, 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 favorite movie? The Notebook. <laughs> No, Black Panther. What am I saying? Really? Is the no, no judgment? Is the Notebook? Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's a beautiful movie. I definitely shed tears. I've seen the movie. It's good. I'm hopeless romantic. <laughs> oh, you're preaching to the choir, lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good film. Okay. Instrument you wish you could play. Stand up bass. Stand-up bass. Okay. Yes. It's a stand-up answer. 
What song is at the... <laughs> There's a, just an awkward pause there with no laughter. Yeah. I'm definitely... Yeah, I'm going to stick to podcasting and music, not comedian uh, you know, routines. But what song is at the top of your Spotify playlist right now? I don't, I don't have a Spotify account. Uh, no, isn't that weird? Like, I, uh, yeah. I'm on Spotify and I don't have a Spotify account. I mean, well, I... I'm always on YouTube, like, yeah. looking for music from, you know, back home and stuff. Right. We're both still listening yeah. to the to the compact disc CD version of the B Common album. So why do we need well, Spotify, right? Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah. I mean, well, it's good. But I guess, well, musicians still get paid through, you know, as long as I play their music, I'm sure they're getting their pay. So Absolutely. I think whatever platform is good. But um, my song of the moment right now is Into Ingawe, which is a South African song. So. Okay. Who's, yeah. the, who's the artist? Uh, so San El Musician and Bumi, I think. Okay. Okay. Excellent. And uh, that concludes the speed round. Oh, okay. Rati, yeah, you can, you can, you can take a breather now. Uh, <laughs> Rati... Um, we have a question here on the show that we like to ask each and every one of our guests as we, uh, as we round out the episodes. Where would you say you are on your journey to happiness and success? You know, I am in, at that point where I am aware that my happiness is not based on money. Mm-hmm. It's not based on the audience telling me that I'm awesome. It's not based on my husband or my child, but it's based on what I think of myself and how I react to things. So yeah. it's more like a self-awareness stage where I'm like, okay, this is this is who I am and this is what I'm capable of. How am I going to, you know, venture into this life without depending on other people to keep me happy? Sure. So just I'm at that point where I'm aware that you know it's not about anybody else but me. Yes, I love that filling your cup. Yeah, <laughs> not easy, but very necessary. I completely relate to that and love that response, Rati. Before we close, are there any projects you're currently working on that you'd like to share with us? And where can people find more about you and your work? Okay. Well, um, I am working on putting out my single right now. I'm not going to say the name because I kind of want that element of surprise. Ooh, but, um, okay, no. No world premiere. Huh? No world premiere on the show. <laughs> no exclusive. So, so um, people are going to find all that information on my website, mm. ratid.com, which is R-A-T-I-E-D.com. I'm hoping to be dropping it November 17th, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. So it's coming up soon. And I'm also part of uh, the band Sage Crow, The Flock, which is going to be releasing you know, the, their album as well before the end of the year. Um, but for now, we have an upcoming show, October 31, um, which is the Halloween performance. And uh, I'll be sharing, you know, my some information on my page uh, about that show. But then they can also find it on the Sage Crow Instagram page. 
and any and everyone can tune into this event as well as I believe it is a completely virtual live stream? Well, y- yes, it, it, it was pre-recorded. Excellent. Well, mm-hmm. Rati, I am so excited to be among the first to hear your new single when it comes out. You'll have to let me know what the name of the song is so I know where to find it, what to look for. But uh, I'm right, very right. excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm very grateful for your presence on this show tonight. You've been tremendous, and um, thank you very much. All right, thank you so much for having me. Peace and blessings. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Rati D. I really hope that you enjoyed the episode and got some value out of it. If you did, please leave a five-star rating and a comment. This is how we move up on the music podcast chart so someone just like you can find this podcast. Sharing is, in fact, caring, as we all know, and I hope that you'll share this episode if you know someone that you think could benefit from it. What did Rati say today that impacted you most? Let us know on Instagram, at SkyPilotSundays. We'd love to know. If you're looking for more content like this, I encourage you to join our growing community of Sky Pilots by opting in for our email list for updates and beyond. That and every episode can be found right now on SkyPilotSundays.com. Till next time, this is Sky for Sky Pilot Sundays. May the soundtrack to your life lead to love. Thanks for flying with us.